Hello out there and welcome to a new episode here at the Virtual Frontier, the podcast about virtual teams created by Virtual Team. In this episode, we welcome Manish Bayer. Manish works at the multinational tech company Cognizant as head of the Center for the Future of Work. I talked with Manish about how the world of work is changing, what new jobs will arise in the next couple of years, where we already live in the future today, and how to break silos while creating open spaces that embrace disruption and uncertainty. For our international community, this is an English episode and you can find the transcript of this conversation now in more than 20 languages on our blog at Heavy Scribe Public or watch the video with subtitles for this episode on our YouTube channel. Please bear with us. The audio quality of this episode is not the best. We did everything to improve it so you can enjoy. This is also the reason why this episode is published delayed. So, without further ado, let's dive into the episode 40 of The Virtual Frontier. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, Manish. Um, thank you very much for joining us today here on the podcast uh, in the Virtual Frontier. I'm really glad to have you finally uh, on the show. Um, before we start uh, with our conversation, um, just give us a brief introduction on who you are, who you're working for, where you're coming from, so our listeners um, have a little idea about uh, your person. Sure. Thanks, thanks, Daniel, first of all, for inviting me to your show. Uh, appreciate it. My name is uh, Manish Behel, and I head Center for the Future of Work in Asia Pacific and the Middle East for Cognizant. So we are basically a think tank, and our charter is to figure out how the future of everything will probably evolve with the emergence of new technologies, new business practices, and new business models. So when I say future of everything, you know, it means that the future of work, future of our society, future of you, future of uh, you know us. And for that, we engage a lot with the C-level executives, with the academia, with the economists, with the analyst community, and try to make sense of the changes that are happening around us and how the future of our work will be restructured, reimagined, and reconfigured in the times to come. So we publish plenty of our thought leadership, you know, through the center. And this, uh, you know, the, the kind of thought leadership we produce, you know, it's very thought-provoking, it's very challenging, very bold, something, you know, that uh, of something that, uh, you know, people haven't thought about, you know, some of the work that we are going to talk about in a moment, you know, some of the reports that we publish. Uh, so, so definitely very excited to be part of, uh, you know, today's show. And thanks again for inviting me. How um, has the last year changed for yourself uh, and what, what, what you have learned as uh, so many things happened, uh, things, uh, uh, um, unexpected uh, events happened all around the world. Um, but how, how did uh, that affect yourself personally? And uh, probably you can give us also a little bit uh, an in, inside view about um, what happened on your client side, uh, what, what you have noticed maybe there without giving us any, any details or interns, of course. Yeah, so at personal level, obviously, you know, the entire world, uh, you know, went upside down with the uh, in the wake of, uh, you know, pandemic, when the pandemic hit, obviously, I don't think that uh, any of us, you know, were uh, mentally, you know, prepared for the change that will be thrown upon us. Overnight, you know, everyone moved online, work from home once considered was more of a privilege. 
all of it became you know a necessity for everyone and also at the same time if you look at you know uh, companies the way they organize work the way they manage work you know got changed completely so the saying you know everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face this yeah. applies perfectly to today's uh, you know covid 19 scenario so all the businesses were adopting digital technologies long before the pandemic hit and uh, they may have thought you know that they had a digital plan ready but overnight they had to accelerate their strategies transitioning in days or weeks to work from home and online modes of doing uh, you know business so the digital ways of working and behaving like the business conferencing tools e-commerce remote learning among others so the digital ways of working and behaving forced and refined in the heat of battle against covid-19 will not be put back in the box hopefully when the pandemic is uh, you know over so in fact you know just to share a quick uh, you know stat right uh, from one of our latest reports we found 48% of companies we surveyed they said that the pandemic would further accelerate digital ways of working so i think uh, in in many ways you know the pandemic acted as a moment of realization for individuals as well as for organizations that they can achieve so much with uh, you know new ways of working with uh, you know new ways of doing business and new ways of engaging with employees and with you know clients when everything moved online so the bottom line is you know anything that can move online obviously will move online in the future and we have already seen you know uh, the entire work scenario the working models you know the business practices everything uh, has already moved uh, uh, you know online and this trend will only accelerate you know in the future so definitely you know covid-19 was more of a moment of realization for many companies and individuals that they can achieve so much with the digital do you mention just this uh, 40 48% of 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 leadership or, or companies um what do you think how they are prepared for those changes in those uncertain times because i have sometimes the feeling yes the the, the they are conscious about the um, the the changes that are coming but how they are really prepared for those changes yeah if you look at you know uh, when the pandemic hit you know as i said overnight companies had to move they are working their their working practices their business models to the virtual you know to the online uh, thing and uh, so far i think companies did a pretty good job right even companies they themselves had never imagined that they could embrace the change so rapidly so it shows that you know there's so much of flexibility and agility uh, you know that needs to be gained with the rise of uh, you know these new working practices so i think uh, you know last 12 months if you look at you know obviously uh, companies did what they could uh, when it comes to moving online leveraging digital technologies you know uh, working remotely new ways of doing business new ways of creating value safe customers employees so definitely all these uh, you know initial uh, ways of uh, you know changes right that companies realized uh, so they could easily figure that out what digital had to offer so 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 definitely i believe you know if you look at uh, things uh, you know uh, turned out uh, pretty okay for companies to manage the 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 work obviously there were some disruptions initially but i think companies uh, you know moved to the online world of working very very fast and so far i think uh, you know this uh, trend has worked out pretty you know well for companies and it'll only gain uh, you know for the momentum as we move forward because if you look at you know uh, 
most uh, you know businesses they were quick to respond you know compressing many of their long term digital projects into a space of weeks and months so putting them in a you know in a, in a good position right to to emerge stronger when the pandemic is uh, you know over so obviously as i said earlier you know uh, it was more of a moment of realization that companies could achieve uh, you know much more with the uh, you know digital and last 12 months right was nothing but just a you know curtain raiser to the 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 amount of uh, you know uh, changes that will come along our way in the future i mean they probably will increase uh, even further in the future without a pandemic but what what is your 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 outlook for for the new new near future um speaking about like the post pandemic behaviors um you just mentioned a little bit about that maybe we can dive the, into a little bit more deeply yeah so we believe that uh, you know companies uh, that view the pandemic as a catalyst you know for becoming digital at the mm. core and an opportunity to get closer to their customers and employees will maintain their footing and uh, even grow stronger you know in the in the recovery because becoming digital to the core is going to be the key to faster and uh, you know stronger recovery in fact uh, nearly 50% of uh, you know companies that we spoke to you know they, they said uh, that definitely uh the digital ways of working will only create better opportunities more opportunities you know for them in the future and and definitely companies are banking on uh, you know digital ways of working and digital channels for future revenue growth and uh, for that just just think about it you know if you're a bank if you are a traditional retailer right then obviously your future business uh, majority of it will come from digital you know channels and for that you need to have a very strong foundation in place which means that becoming digital you know to the to the core uh, which means that leveraging artificial intelligence automation you know analytics right uh, leveraging these technologies and trying to make sense of everything that is happening around uh, uh, you know your business and how to take maximum advantage by you know uh, advantage of these technologies by becoming digital to the core so so i believe that the digital to the core is going to be extremely critical uh, for for organizations to figure out uh, how they can leverage various digital technologies for future growth and for future you know opportunities basically yeah which brings me di directly to our next next topic for today um what do you think why are so many individuals but also like let's say organization well if they they can be scared but uh, why are so many people in organizations scared about the future of work what what is it really about um, and and how how maybe we can get less scared and more like embrace this uh, whole whole future that is coming that's that's a very good question and very important question in today's context daniel if you look at because uh, you know we are living in the age of artificial intelligence you know so the this age of ai is generating mixed emotions So on one side you know there is a sense of excitement a capitalist dream there is tremendous pressure on business leaders to reduce cost to grow revenue and there is no way they can ignore you know the, the benefits of artificial intelligence and intelligent automation you know so definitely they will go after these uh, you know technologies because with the economic reward so high and the competitive pressure so large obviously not implementing you know these technologies which means that obviously you will be left behind but and then on the other side you know uh ai the age of ai means fear so ai and automation means layoffs so especially when you see 
scary headlines like robot will take your job or predictions from renowned institutions like Oxford that says 40-47% of jobs will disappear in the next 20-25 years. So this is scary, you know, all this making us rethink the fundamentals of companies and institutions and the very nature of work itself. But we have a very optimistic point of view when it comes to the future of work and jobs, right? If you look at, because we believe the new machine will change the labor force in three distinct ways. Job automation, that's where majority of discussion is happening today. And that's where there's, uh, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, sort of scared that, uh, you know, they are going to lose their jobs to robots, right, in the near future. Uh, but as per our estimates, only 12% of existing jobs are at the risk of being taken over by bots, only 12%. But still, we are talking about millions of jobs globally. So definitely, there will be job losses. But the point is, uh, the majority of jobs are going to get enhancement, you know, which is the second bucket, the job enhancement. And that's where no one usually talks about how exactly a teacher is going to become a better teacher, how exactly a recruiter is going to become an enhanced recruiter with new tools and capabilities. So just think about it from a recruiter perspective. You know, what if a machine can take over some of the redundant and day-to-day -day repetitive kind of tasks, going through the CVs, shortlisting some of the best ones, and then, uh, you know, reaching out to those candidates, uh, getting the first uh, round of interview done. So all those tasks will be taken care by machine, but it doesn't mean that you don't need a recruiter in the future. Now, recruiter can be very much focused on what really matters to candidates. A recruiter can interview more candidates. A recruiter can ensure what is actually needed for the job. So as per our estimates, you know, 75% of existing jobs will be altered or enhanced by the bot, which means that your employment remains, but the these jobs will be delivered with greater output and quality. And then the third bucket is the job creation. You know, what about the new jobs that will also be created in the future? And again, no one talks about these new jobs because uh, you know we estimate around 13% of net new jobs will be created as a result of AI automation, big data, and algorithms. So the question is not, will this job become automated in the future, but rather, will this task of the job is going to get automated or not. So we don't think that majority of jobs that we see today are going to get uh, you know, automated. Some definitely will. Uh, you know, jobs that require uh, you know, lots of repetitive work, uh, redundant work, data-related work. So definitely all those jobs are going to get automated. But the majority of jobs are going to get enhanced. And then new, net new jobs will also be created in the future. So just think about it, Daniel. You know, uh, humans are good at what we call the art of the job, which means the judgment, you know, uh, visual cues, emotion, empathy. So what's the right thing to do based on the context of the situation? We are quite good at it. And machines are good at the science of the job, which means the computational capabilities, data analysis, pattern recognition. You can't beat a computer on number crunching. So based on all statistical evidence, what's the most appropriate next action? And when you blend the two, the human plus machine, that's where the magic happens. So we don't need to get uh, you know, uh, much scared about the future of work. Rather, we need to start creating uh, you know, the, the, the work based on humans plus machines. What I also love in the preparation um, uh, for this podcast is um, you guys at Cognizant Headlight, like a huge uh, um, palette of different new jobs that will appear in the future. Mike, you con uh, could talk a little bit about that to get people get a better idea of what, what probably is coming or, or we just spinning ideas around that. But 
um, having a perspective is always important, right? Yeah, sure, right. So some time ago, we had published these two reports, 21 Jobs of the Future and 21 More Jobs of the Future. So these two reports, so in these two reports, we had published uh, 42 jobs, jobs that don't exist today, but we believe that these are the jobs that are going to become the cornerstone of the future of work. So these reports act as a guide to getting and staying employed in the next uh, you know, 10 years. These two reports are available in the public domain. So I encourage you know, your audience to download these reports and uh, get a get a flair of you know, what sort of jobs that will be there in the future. And uh, the jobs we described emerged from studying and analyzing you know, economic, political, demographic, societal, cultural, business and technology trends, and then drawing uh, you know, implications you know, from them. Uh, so to highlight you know, uh, some of my favorite jobs you know, that are there in the report, uh, uh, one is around the man-machine you know, teaming manager. Right. So man machine teaming manager, which means that uh, if the future of work and workforce is going to be hybrid, we need someone who can manage both humans and machines and ensure that humans and machines are working in collaboration and the work is divided between the two as per their capabilities and uh, you know, capacities that they have got. Uh, another role that we have developed is the machine risk officer. So just think about it, you know, from unexpected or biased results to dangerous errors, we now face a moral dilemma of deciding who should bear the responsibility for any wrongdoing by an AI-driven machine. So some time ago, I think that was last year or two in 2019, you know, a driverless car killing a pedestrian, and all of a sudden it became a global news. But we were facing the moral dilemma, if a driverless car is going to kill someone, who should bear the responsibility you know, of, uh, of that issue? Is it going to be the, the, the AI you know, software developer? Is it going to be the auto manufacturing company, uh, insurance company? We don't know that. So from unexpected or biased results to you know, perpetuation of dangerous errors, we are sensitive to the unintended consequences of the actions of intelligent machines and how these errors could have a significant impact on our, you know, our own company's brand and, uh, you know, finances. So definitely a machine risk officer will define rules and responsibilities between humans and machines and set the rules for how human counterparts should handle machine cost wrongdoing, which means this involves designing trustworthy experiences, training employees, developing risk benefit, you know, metrics, overhauling the ethics principles and ensuring our employees, you know, are in the driver's seat to monitor, you know, machines. And one last, uh, although there are so many jobs that we can talk about, right, but uh, another, uh, you know, uh, job that I would like to talk about that we have created is algorithm bias auditor. So just like you have an auditor for an organization to audit your finances. So on similar lines, you know, we are going to have an auditor who's going to audit all the algorithms that are running across the organization. So that auditor is going to define the purpose of these algorithms. Why have you implemented this algorithm? What are the outcomes of these algorithms? And to ensure that these algorithms are not biased you know, in any way. And these uh, algorithms are not treated like a black box. So algorithm, you know, bias auditor, man machine, uh, you know, uh, teaming manager and uh, the machine risk officer. So these are some of the, you know, very interesting roles that we have de uh, developed in addition to others that are there uh, in the report. As I said, again, you know, these reports are available in the, you know, public domain. So I encourage your audience to download and get a feel of how future jobs will look like. Yeah, as I loved uh, those reports very much, uh, I, I will, uh, of course, um, put them also in the show notes and description so um, our listeners have direct access to it and hopefully 
will get in touch with that and download it also. Um, as we are talking about this new um, jobs that may be coming up in the, in the near future, um, I still have the feeling that uh, we are still in some kind of a gridlock uh, where we stuck in, in, in old thinking, old management style. Um, and I, I was wondering how we can overcome this and, and embrace the future more, more as a, in, in a positive context and, and be prepared uh, uh, first, first of all. Yeah, sure. If you look at, you know, um, jobs in the past, you know, they were stable, they were linear, they were singular, which means that people commonly chose one career path and pursued it over the course of their entire lives. You know, if I talk about my parents, you know, my, my father who worked in a bank uh, throughout his, uh, you know, a career throughout his life. So from education through the retirement, you know, the skills acquired through post-secondary uh, education and at work training, they were sufficient to ensure that, you know, your career uh, moves in the right direction and you succeed, uh, you know, and uh, you get retired at the end. But now what's happening is the change, what we are experiencing is the rise of automation and AI. So definitely these technologies have raised questions about the employable skills, you know, uh, attitudes and behaviors that are required for people to participate in the future of work. So in reality, you know, many jobs will be substantially altered if not completely replaced by AI-driven machines in the coming decade. However, on the flip side is many new jobs, some that still seem like, uh, you know, science fiction today, jobs that we talked about, uh, you know, as part of 21 Jobs and 21 More Jobs uh, report. So how exactly we can prepare, you know, workforce for these, uh, you know, new jobs that are going to be created that will emerge in the future. Uh, as a result of the changes that are happening around us, you know, employable skills are now like mobile apps, you know, that need frequent upgrades. And uh, these skills will continue to evolve more rapidly in the future than they do now. So the bottom line is, you know, which skills will be important in the future if you think about it. So we found uh, the importance of AI and robotics and technical skills are going to be important. And that's, and that's not a brainer. But what's really interesting is we found 80% of businesses are saying the importance of human skills, the soft skills, right? The imagination, the creativity, the communication, right? So these skills will be extremely important in the future because the future jobs will require a combination of human and technological capabilities, as well as the, you know, it's, it's going to be extremely important that we look for, we prepare our workforce, you know, with the right uh, hybrid, you know, skill set. Uh, to give you an example, even big data and data science jobs are more likely to demand creativity, teamwork, research, and writing skills than other jobs. So as a big data, as a data scientist, you know, you should be able to communicate your findings in a nice, uh, easy to digest way. And interestingly, you know, what we also looked at learning as a skill is going to be extremely important in the future because the rise of automation and AI is raising questions about the employable skills, right? And that's where preparing the current and future workforce with relevant skills requires a reboot of traditional decades-old training and learning models and approaches. And that's where to establish new learning models, you know, businesses need to engage in more flexible partnerships, accelerate their response time, and provide more proactive, you know, modes of delivery and offer new combined, you know, skilled, you know, programs. So preparing the current and future workforce is going to be everyone's job. 
And it's not going to be only individual's responsibility or only, you know, uh, corporate's uh, you know, responsibility. It's going to be everyone's job. But what's more important is what's going to make us human is going to make us employable in the future. So we need to double down on what really makes us humans uh, and not to compete against, uh, you know, the machines, but rather how to leverage, you know, some of machines' capabilities and translate those uh, you know capabilities from humans perspective so becoming a better human is going to be extremely important in the future for sure something that uh, we have haven't uh, uh, on had on our uh, CVs in the in the past decade right um and as you just mentioned the data scientist for example has to all has also to to embrace different kind of disciplines right uh, he is, he's not um, bound anymore just to his data um, he has to learn how to write, um, how to communicate, how to work in a team. Um, so this brings up also this um, keyword for me I had here on my list um, of uh, the preparation, um, breaking up silos and working like in cross-functional um, uh, settings and environments because um, you won't be able to just work as a data scientist as we have picked them and um, um, we are fulfill your work or, or getting somewhere. Um, we have to break up those silos and um, work with cross-functional teams or even companies, organizations um, to get uh, uh, somewhere. Yeah, absolutely, right? Because in the future, right, we believe, uh, you know, uh, we need to rethink organizational and team structures because as AI and automation take over the majority of repetitive tasks, you know, work demand will change team structures. So rather than larger, you know, hierarchical team structures, smaller teams will emerge that allow individuals and teams to become more fluid and flexible across roles and, you know, functions. And that's going to bring greater agility, you know, for organizations, because now with the dynamic, you know, with flexible, with fluid talent, right, you can increase the your response, you know, to the change that is happening around us. Uh, you can be more focused on customers, right? And uh, that's where I believe it's going to be extremely important, uh, you know, for have these uh, smaller teams and the fluid, you know, talent that is flowing across the organization. To give you an example, you know, instead of concentrating technology professionals in a centralized IT department, right, leaders will embed software designers and engineers in independent teams where they can be quickly deployed on high priority, you know, goals. So we should expect to see, you know, multidisciplinary teams emerge across functional departments in the future. And that also working together, um, uh, of course, with AI. We have touched uh, um, the topic AI a little bit in, uh, in, in the previously, but um, I, I would like to ask you specifically, um, what people really get wrong about this whole idea of AI and uh, at the workplace, uh, especially, and um, how, how could we gain probably a different perspective on that? Yeah, so I think we need to develop a more realistic view of humans' role in the age of AI. And we shouldn't understand, underestimate, I'm sorry, we shouldn't underestimate, you know, human imagination and the, the human adaptability factor, you know, because we have seen whenever there is a change that is being thrown on us, humans are very good at adapting to, you know, the change. 
so the top valued you know workforce skills will increasingly be tilted towards uh, you know human capabilities that validate the need for human machine collaboration which means that decision making strategic thinking and learning so these skills are best performed when workers are supported by the insights generated by ai and data analytics and freed by intelligent automation from performing repetitive work so increasingly the human role will become more focused on what to uh, do with all the data driven insights that you are getting which requires a renewed focus on decision making and strategic you know thinking and also if you look at machines like uh, the emotional quotient and they are less effective in a real time customer service instance so look at uh, you know japan japan is an excellent example of human coexistence with robots in the home and the workplace for uh, japanese you know robots are seen as a companion and not as a destructive force so for people right uh, for individuals as well for organizations to ensure that we are getting uh, you know ai in the right spirit uh, there is a framework that we have developed what i call the 5t's 5t stands for tasks teams talent technology and trust to successfully transition into the new world of work task means that you have to deconstruct jobs into tasks and then identify which tasks are meant for humans and tasks that are meant for you know machines and then teams that we have already talked about what sort of team structures you know that will be required in the future and then talent you know what sort of talent that is going to be important skills that we talk about the technology infrastructure that needs a complete overhaul we need a modern foundation technology foundation to ensure that uh, you know the organizations are supporting the new ways of working and new ways of doing business and then ultimately trust how to make sure that employees are comfortable working with machines and they are not scared of so the this this 5t's you know framework right will help individuals to get a good handle of the human machine you know work because uh, the work ahead is all about striking a balance between machine driven and human centric work even when machines can do everything it will still be people who are the ultimate you know x factor so we don't need to get scared of the robots that robots are coming but rather trying to figure out different ways different uh, you know opportunities right that we can generate to collaborate with these machines to become better humans at the end of the day when we talk about um this um increased interaction and expansion between those different uh, worlds um we have talking about the advantages but where you see probably some disadvantages or where might uh, lie some risks and on the way getting there yeah so i think the biggest risk is right for especially for organizations is obviously there is so much of upside in terms of cost savings right that companies can generate with intelligent automation and uh, you know ai and in the process they could overlook the human factor right uh, even if you are uh, you know you can generate right lots of savings with machines you will still need humans but those humans could be redeployed you know for some other engagements or for some better work for customer interactions you know for customer experience really with the customer experience so i think when it comes to looking at ai and automation and the other digital technologies right always uh, you know put humans at the center because how you are going to leverage these technologies to enhance your existing you know workforce right because increasingly the human role will become more focused on what gets done with data driven insights 
because even if machine is going to generate all the insights, still you need someone, you know, who can make sense of those insights and who can leverage those insights to better engage with customers at the end of the day, which requires, again, going back to my point, a renewed focus on, uh, you know, decision-making, strategic thinking, and, uh, you know, ultimately learning. Because when intelligent machines, you know, take on the work of collecting, managing, and analyzing data, the self-learning algorithms that drive them can learn much faster and generate insights, helping businesses lower costs, improve productivity, and offer more targeted products and services to consumers. So my, you know, a suggestion, right, to leaders and companies looking to adopt uh, AI and automation is uh, do not uh, overlook the human factor. Uh, put human at the center of any new experiment that you are doing and ensure that you are elevating, you're enhancing the role of humans and not just deploying technology. Yeah, I think that uh, can be pointed out uh, even enough. Um I guess uh, a lot of business leaders are always um, having this um, not so open-minded. I, I come from, we come from the German background. Uh, we, we love like uh, structured things and everything, right? Uh, but how can business leader be more open-minded when it comes to these uncertain futures that we still not have discovered right now, frontiers where we haven't gone? Um, how, how they can be in general more open-minded about that for, for the future? Yeah, I think uh, obviously, right, business leaders, as I said earlier, you know, they're under tremendous pressure to reduce costs, right, to grow their uh, revenue, right, and at times that can be a bit distractive. You can uh, look to achieve some, uh, you know, uh, immediate results, right, with these technologies. But I think what organizations, what leaders need to do is, right, to have that open mind is to adopt a, you know, a dual strategy. On one hand, you can look for the low-hanging fruits whereby applying technology, you can get some, uh, you know, immediate results. And then on the other hand, you know, you need to have a medium to long-term strategy in place. So how these technologies, right, how AI and automation are going to change the way you work, the way you create business value, and the way you deliver, you know, your products and services to customers. So obviously, right, we need to have a dual strategy in place. On one hand, look for some immediate, you know, uh, outcomes, right, that you can gain with these technologies. But on the, uh, on, the, on the important side, you know, on the other hand, you really need to have a long-term strategy in place that is going to uh, create the future of your own work and the future of your own business. So having a dual strategy in place uh, will help, uh, you know, leaders uh, charter on an open mind, you know, issue that you were talking about. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Do you think, like, like humans in in general are are able to adapt to this all new environment with with so much um, change coming up? So the the human as itself is like really like a, a um, an animal that doesn't love change so much, and and there's so much change happening right now, and will change uh, change will happen in the in the future. Um, do you think we are really able to to cope up with them? Yeah, I don't underestimate, you know, the power of human adaptability, right? I wrote this blog, uh, you know, some time ago, don't underestimate the power of human adaptability. And one of the key takeaways from the blog is, right, when we are forced, right, to adapt to a certain situation, we do it very, very fast, right? Look at, in the case of, uh, you know, in the wake of pandemic, when the pandemic hit, you right? So whether you liked working online or not, 
regardless of uh, you know your interest uh, you quickly move to the online world okay without any complaints right so so that way if you look at and and history teaches us you know there were so many you know incidents right at uh, at a global level at national level at country level we have experienced that uh, you know when when people are forced to adapt to situation they do it very very fast and that's where humans are extremely good at to give you one uh, you know more example uh, i live in india right so a uh, couple of years ago the demonetization happened right so all of a sudden uh, the currency the old currency you know went out of the system it was completely banned and uh, people were so comfortable dealing in cash they didn't want to you know move to uh, the digital banking or the digital payments at all but the moment demonetization happened right i have seen you know uh, majority of small scale vendors you know your grocery shops right your milk vendor everyone moved to digital payments overnight they were not comfortable doing it earlier but when they were forced to do it right they did it immediately right so the point is we shouldn't underestimate the power of human adaptability and that's how humans have survived over the last uh, you know several ages because we have been very very adaptable to the changes and i'm sure right um, uh, the 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 in the wake of the pandemic all the changes that we have experienced or still experiencing it's going to help us become better humans in the future how to cope up you know with different situations and how to you know come up with something uh, you know something uh, when when the going tech uh, gets tough so 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 definitely i believe you know the ongoing situation uh, it's going to make us uh, you know much more stronger and much more adaptable you know to the changes in the future yeah wonderful um i think as you just mentioned sometimes the, the peak point has to, or the pressure has to be like like higher and and to get things like really moving uh before we are um are still in this comfort zones when something has to change but we are still saying oh could could we waiting a little bit more it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that every time you know leaders need to put uh, you know that that uh, that pressure that force right on people to change uh the examples that i gave obviously you know in many cases right we have been forced to do it but uh, at the end of the day right as a leader if you really want your workforce to change their uh, their their attitude their mindset obviously uh, there is a lot of uh, you know ways you can do it by having a top down approach if leader is changing if leader is becoming a digital leader for instance right if you are active on let's say on social media if you are active on linkedin if you are active on uh, twitter and then obviously people look at their leaders right what they are doing and how they are doing what they are saying and they they tend to follow you know uh, those those uh, you know changes that leaders have adopted so it's not necessary that all, you know every time that you have to put up pressure for people to change uh, but uh, at times you know it gets very very extremely important then you have to do it but there are other ways you know by leading with example that's going to be extremely important yeah no yeah i i completely there with you um because with pre pressure itself from from the management or leadership you you don't get so much done and or, or just at, at to a certain point and uh, yeah as things are starting getting complex um you you really need everyone on board and 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 hands on uh, rather than pushing them all around uh, the place thank you very much for that insight um manish as we uh, um coming to an end for our conversation today um when people would like to know more about you about the company you work with cognizant um how could they get in touch or what would be a good source of information they they could go for 
Yeah, sure. Right. So um, anyone who wants to reach out to me to learn more about or to discuss, you know, uh, what's happening around the future of work and how uh, the work will be restructured, reimagined and reconfigured in the times to come, feel free to drop a note at uh, Manish dot behel at cognizant.com you can also visit center for the future of work uh, you know page which is cognizant.com slash future of work cognizant.com slash future of work so that's our virtual home and uh, that's where you will find all our reports blogs you know what we have been thinking and talking about so everything is published uh, you know there so uh, follow this uh, you know page right and i'm sure it'll give you you know some interesting insights uh, what could possibly happen in the times to come. Thank you very much for that, uh, Manish. Uh, I really appreciate the conversation today with you. It was uh, um, quite interesting and got a lot of insights. Um, hope we can do it uh, soon again. Yeah, sure. We'd love to do that. Thanks, Daniel, for inviting me to your show. Oh, it was really great to have it. you. Thank you. What a ride into the future of work. This was really a mind-opening and encouraging conversation. I hope you were also able to gain some new perspectives that changed the way you perceive the future of work. Before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up, or share it around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up also for the free business builder training on fleshhub.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, working with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to say thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers. Thank you.